63 tonight. After a little bit of a false start, we rehooked everything back up and we are good to go. The skeletons attacked again, guys. This happens every year. They're holiday okay. skeletons this time. The Santa hats don't make them like not as scary. Okay? Uh, we still we still need to take them off. I would disagree with that. They're they're, they're happy holiday skeletons. I Anyway, mm, we've got We've got a regular lineup here. Uh, DMJ is here, Nano is here, Puzzle is here, Zara is here. It's actually a full house. Uh, but on top of that, we've also got some of uh, a couple of folks who aren't normally with us. They are a couple of people who are behind the game Nitorink. It came out during the last Reddit tie sci, or at least a demo of it did, and we'll be talking a little bit with them. So we've got uh, Geminator and Mir here. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hey. Alright. So. Yes. What? What's up, DMJ? We have to talk about, you know, I finally had my turkey. Uh-huh. Oh boy. I drank some eggnog. Happens every year. I am now officially in the Christmas spirit. So. You just need an ugly sweater. You know what? If they made it like some sort of like. I, I know there's several alien themed like, you know, ugly sweaters, but I don't want like a tactical themed ugly sweater. That would be awesome. I know there's some out there, but I really want one to just be all out. There is a cuphead ugly sweater. If you want to look into that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. This happens every year, though. You know, DMJ. Why not? Why not wear the ugly sweater, like, until Christmas itself? Because you have to understand there are limits. <laughs> limits. Big limits. Big limits. One of them. Okay. One of them. Uh-huh. Christmas shall not be the name. Christmas is not allowed to be said until after turkey was consumed. But, and we're in that time frame now, so I yeah, can we talk are. About yes. But after that, you do not wear ugly Christmas sweaters until you have a Christmas tree. Which what kind of rule is that? I have not heard that rule before. 
because you have to wear the ugly Christmas sweater when you decorate the tree. This is a whole thing. Which passage in the Bible is this? <laughs> in, in, in the Bible verse, the Bible book of Jacob, verse one, <laughs> you know, verse one, verse, you know, chapter one, verse one, do not do this. That is 100 me. years Bible, Rick and Morty. <laughs> 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 to be fair, you have to have a pretty IQ to understand the reference. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's me right now. You, you know what else is you right now? You not having written a single music review in the year 2017. I am doing things. Okay. Oh, yeah. There is a lot where... going on. PMJ, you remember that part where we talked about music? Yes. We okay. So let me let me put this into perspective. So. Friday, um, the, what was it? I gotta look at the calendar. I, 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 I had recorded Secret Project X with Zara. I had it done, and literally the week after that, my dad got hurt pretty bad. You're still speaking about this project as if it's still some kind of window buffer. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not. If you go to our website, you can see... Uh, there's a section for it, but it doesn't have any shows because it's still being worked on. Yeah, this was this was something that I I got I got the pilot done and recorded. Dad, my dad got hurt uh, Friday the 13th. I know that sounds crazy, and he he has pretty much his leg has been out of commission until probably the 12th of this month. Um, so I've been kind of helping around the house getting that stuff down, along with all the holiday stuff. Uh, and then we also got a new dog. And then this week I had a buddy of mine uh, die. So I kind of had to deal with that. So I have it done. It's 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 in it's in the works. The problem is I have to get it out. And every time I try to something like this happens where I lose, you know, somebody gets hurt or, you know, I just lost a buddy of mine to some pretty dark stuff. So I kind of just trying i'm trying to get this out but when it's out i'm gonna try to make sure it's the highest quality i can get out so that when this pilot hits your ears you guys will be like i want more of this and that is the goal yeah well hang in there we'll get it out eventually uh, eventually when every well hopefully there's going to be a point where things kind of calm down a little bit and we can yeah just dive right Sit in because I'm honestly, I'm really curious about how this podcast is going to go down. Like, if you don't know, Project X, or what I posted a link of a little bit earlier in a Discord chat, which, by the way, you can join us in our Discord chat by, chat by going to consokiradio.net, and there is a button right in the center of the page, basically. Just hit that. You don't even don't have to have, have an account, way? and you're good to go. Don't we have a custom URL, though? Yes, but... I that, that that is in the past, so go to the website oh. because it's a new. I, look, I want people to go to the website because I worked on it quite a bit. Like it's a nice website. Please go visit. It, it. is a very nice website. It's it's very purple, I'll admit, but like everything else, you know, it's it's good. Go check it. Out. Please go to Lunar's website at tensocuradio.net. Uh, uh, it will. It is all of our have. website. I merely worked on it, and it is for everyone. Anyway. So I, I should uh, I, I should address this. You know, we've got a couple of folks who worked on something, uh, who are currently working on something, I should say. Um, Nitorink, uh, Gmanator, and Mir are here. 
just to let everyone know, what is it that you guys do? And I'll start with G-Man here. Hey, hey. Okay. So you can also just call me Brian because it's my real normal human name that people call me. <laughs> and um, Normal human name. Yes, I am human man. <laughs> but uh, I basically wear, at this point, all the big hats at once, really, because I started making the game as like a side project thing. Uh, I started it with Mir as a basically just a little hobby thing or whatever, but I ended up doing most of the... Uh, you know, I'm the programmer, I've designed a lot of it, and now we have to manage over the collabers and try to get that all in check. So I'm essentially programmer, designer, project manager, all bundled into one right now. And also trying to not fail my classes when I do actual college too. So go mm. easy on me when you don't have a demo in like five months. Right. Or a new demo. Huh. Yeah, we'll, and um we'll, we'll get oh, sorry. It, we'll get into more of of what it is exactly, but I'm just sort of as a, a self-introduction, if you if you will, um, like you kind of your roles. No problem. I'll just play what's already there. Indeed, I am playing it right now. Ooh. Uh, what about you, Mir? Uh, well, I'm the head artist, and also when more voice acting comes into play, I will be in charge of that. Uh, those are basically my roles, though. I am the co-founder. I did help start up the project. But programming and such, not exactly my forte, so I'm more on the creative side of things. Alright, cool. And we'll get into more about what it is and, and how many people are, are involved in this project, because it's actually a larger project than, uh, than you might expect. But we'll talk a bit more about that uh, after the break here. So let's get into the first one. We've got a song from Light Night Beat is Pilgrim the LNB6 Remix. We'll be back in just a little bit here at Soki Radio Live number 63.
grab ich weit weg. Doch mir geht's gut, wenn du mir nur ein Lächeln zuwirfst. Hoffnung auf ein anderes Leben für uns. In der die Einsamkeit im Wind verweht. Doch wir sind immer noch in dieser vergangenen Zeit. Spürst du es nicht? Ich bin für dich bereit und werde suche nach der Melodie, die du liebst. Ich komponiere damit deine
You are listening to Kitsuki Radio Live number 63 tonight with our regular folks and guests from the fan game Nitorink. So let's get into it a little bit here since we have the opportunity. Uh, Nitorink, at least the demo, originally was released during Reddit Taisai, which if you don't know is a Rei Taisai-like event, which is on Reddit, if you couldn't tell from the name, and it happens once a year, and it's something that we wanted to do uh, sort of oriented to the West, because uh, a lot of people just wanted it to happen, so it did. But that's where... Hold on. Why am I the only person talking here? <laughs> but that's... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's where... Uh, that's Hello, where I'm talking now. That's where the demo is released. So, and it, what's interesting is uh, this is not like your typical fan game because there is a lot of people involved in this. You know, kind of like how when we were talking with a Mystery Parfait about their their fan game uh, Danmaku, which is a, a physical card game, um, they have a lot of people who are working with them who are uh, artists for the card art and things. Uh, this is kind of similar but different at the same time um, you've got volunteers I, I think they're volunteers anyway you can kind of speak a, a little bit more about that uh, who are doing things like art and maybe a bit of programming as well kind of helping out on this project so uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the project and sort of how that process goes well they are 100% volunteers I don't have money for people All right. but we still love them and you know they seem to be happy to work for us anyway. So the main, the main uh, hook of it basically is that you can work on a game without committing to a whole lot of it, because if, uh, if I guess we haven't described the game in general yet, it's kind of like it's essentially WarioWare, a big collection of micro games, meaning each game is uh, just three seconds long. You really you do a thing and you either succeed and fail at that thing and then boom, next game just one right after the other. And since they're all so different and they're all so unique, you can actually just have whatever different art styles, music styles, even like gameplay styles we want to. So we said, okay, you know what? Why don't we just make this like, just open this up to everybody and we can sort of uh, give everyone some general guidelines and some other things to work on. And we'll say, hey, just make some work for us for a game. You can be, you can have your stuff be in a video game, but you don't have to do the whole, like you don't have to draw art for the whole game or program the whole game. You can just program three seconds of it, which I think is why we have a decent amount of people still signed up for it. Like right now they're, over 80 artists that we still have to over 80 artists total i think over half of them have actually worked on art but there's still like 30 or so we still have to get to so there's a big backlog but we're trying to get to everybody the best we can wow hey, hey nano what's up weren't you doing something maybe maybe but all right excuse me i was uh eating popcorn so you caught me at a bad time so um <laughs> much 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 so uh, I am actually one of the artists for Nitorink. I think I've mentioned this in one of the previous shows um, yep. for one of their micro games called uh, right now it's codenamed Clothes Choose, but um, it's a uh, yeah, it's a dress up game. Uh, I, I high level, I guess I can I could say it's a, a game that you're given a combination of outfit choices and your goals within the time frame given to you to match that outfit choice and submit your decision and. You know, if you match it, you continue on. If you don't, you take it to your, uh, I, I guess it's your air account. Um, Just but, up like one of your French girls. <laughs> so uh, how many how many micro games are you guys planning to have or do you have currently? 
Uh, so in the demo we released, there were only 20 total and a boss, but as things are right now, we actually already have 20 more micro games that are at various levels of complete list. None of them, only one or two of them are totally done, but most of them are at least playable. So we're moving a lot faster than we used to because it took us almost a year to make the demo to begin with. But now we're getting a lot of traction. So we think if we're lucky and this keeps going on for a while, we can get around like 100 plus and get an actual decent sized game out of this. But we're still sort of playing it by ear. And, and this is going to be cool. this. This is a uh, you guys go in the PC only route. Or are you guys actually trying to figure out if you guys can take this to PS4? Because that would actually be kind of neat. The mechanics are literally built around using the mouse or keyboard for a given game. So, no, we are not touching other consoles. Aww. And it's yeah. kind of a design choice, too, because WarioWare always had a tendency to uh, embrace the hardware they were on. You touch the screen and the DS, you'd shake the Wii remote around. We, we figured compromising gameplay for a console wouldn't really feel very WarioWare. Part of the beauty of some of the micro games uh, is that they're very self-explanatory and they're kind of intuitive as to what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and that's actually a hard thing to convince people to uh, to do either. Even and when people know, even when people know how to design games going in, some of them don't realize just how fast these games go by and how little explanation you're given. You're put right into the world, and everything there has to be really easily parsable. So that's why some people can unfortunately step on their own feet a lot. We've had a lot of artists draw like really crazy, complicated, beautiful art that's so complicated that you can't like decipher which thing you're supposed to do from what other thing. And I'm like, oh, this is beautiful, but I have to tell you to like redo a lot of it. So we have to be very, uh, very on point with the communication. It, it must be a nightmare. You guys probably have like yeah, it's 30 lot. different email chains going <laughs> while also having like Google Hangouts. Oh, no, no, we work, we work, we work, we work in Discord. We're pretty much just Discord. And anyone can join <laughs> Discord if they want to. Keep the Discord in Discord. <laughs> just, uh, I, okay. I, I feel like I feel like that kind of communication, just trying to get all that, like everybody running on the same page is like trying to herd cats into fire, you know? You're right, but we've had a lot of time to experiment, and my philosophy towards trying to do it is basically throw things at the wall and see what sticks. Our current way we're going about it is um, we have, uh, and this is great because Discord currently has channel categories as of recently, and when we did that, we decided we're going to have a micro game talk for a micro game chat channel for each category. So now there's this one ca category that has like 20 different talks to it, each one's for a different micro game. Not only that, but uh, since I realized a lot of my work has become slave driving and making sure people remember to do their work, I wrote a little Discord bot that will, on a weekly basis, ping people that are currently supposed to be doing work, asking them if they got any work done. So the only time I need to step in is if they need approval for something they did or if they're really just not doing anything whatsoever. I need to deal with that. So essentially what you're telling me is you're getting ready for Skynet to take over your position. Because I have a position here on GR that LunarBot pretty much is going to take over the whole station at some point in time if we give him just one more permission. I would be grateful if a robot could do everything I have to do right now. <laughs> it can do some things. It can ping people on Discord, but it can't learn to love and the other things I need to get people to work for me. DMJ. Keep it that way. <laughs> DMJ. Yeah. It is time. Execute Order 66. Execute Order 66! Oh god, the cap is robots well, have become self-aware. <laughs> that wasn't but, robots, though. But uh, I guess, like, Discord actually worked out when they added their, you know, screen sharing and video thing, because you can now be like, hey, I want to see what you have done. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I guess that helps out so much. 
You no longer never, have like. I've never forced anybody in the screen share. I've seen a need to because there's like a screenshot button on the top of your keyboard anyone can press. I just say, hey, show me a little bit of progress every now and again, or at least tell us why you're not doing progress. And we're fine with everything you do. Otherwise, if you just abandon us for weeks and weeks, we're going to be like, okay, are you, uh, are you being serious here? We're going to have to move you off the team. <laughs> we're gonna. Are we gonna? Are we gonna scrap here, son? That was some really. Well, that was some real uh, considerations, <clears throat> though, because yeah. if, if you want to keep things going, someone has to drive it forward. Yeah, and it, it can be really tough because um, every every team obviously requires a programmer, an artist, and a musician. Usually, all different people. Sometimes people can take on both, but it's usually just a team of three different people. And out of those three, doing it for a hobby Dojin thing that doesn't make any money, there's very likely to be somebody who is just lagging behind the rest of them. And that's especially bad when somebody's just pumping out beautiful art assets and making everything work, and the programmer's like behind, or the programmer has a bunch of prototypes, but they can't make them look good yet because the artist isn't working. That's when we have to really start to step in when it's starting to become like, you know, one of them is making the other one look bad. Do you find yourself sort of moving people around or reconciling teams to to put together the people who are doing things with people who are capable of doing the roles that need filling in? I just judge everything on a per case basis because it seems like there's never any like real right answer over this guy works more so put him on this kind of team that guy works more etc etc mm -hmm. i just go by what kind of stuff they make and you know if they're a programmer how many concepts they grasp and like i i've worked with enough of these to like look at a game and be able to tell okay they're gonna need to at least be able to do this kind of thing and we use unity so like uh -huh. i'll need to make sure that if they're not familiar with unity we give them a simpler one and we actually have a tutorial they can go through that teaches them how to do everything with unity and get how to submit to our game and I'll have to give them a simpler micro game depending on how much of a hard time they have with that. Or if they've done a bunch of cool shit and proven their worth, then we could give them uh, a more interesting, harder micro game to work on. So, so the the next the the question is like, do do you normally like when you see one of these programming teams come in, do you match them with an artist, or do they kind of like pick and choose? Because um, some... it depends. A lot of times we're like, okay, let's start a new game, uh, ping random person, random person, random person to see what happens. But there are a lot of people that come on and some are more productive than others. Like somebody might be number, um, might be artist number 50 on the sign-up list and we're only up to like 30, but artist number 50 is like... Uh, He's got creds. No, 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 it's not. We don't play favorites, but they go in the chats and they're like suggesting ideas and they want to work and stuff. We're like, okay, you're being proactive. We can, uh, we can work with that. We'll give you somebody to work with right now because, you know yeah favor people might as well be people that are like really into it right uh, it's it's more on on work merit than anything else it seems which is uh, probably a good way to do it mm -hmm. uh so let's let's step back just a little bit and go to a more basic question that i think everyone can appreciate uh two well i, I guess a two-part question here how how many mini games did the demo ship with when it went out on uh reddit went with 20. okay and well, then, 20 and a boss. There's actually a boss one, too, so ooh. it's uh, that one's quite big. Interesting. Uh, and then, I guess, because that was a demo, what do you see a full version going to? You... Number-wise? Yeah. Well, we just mentioned this before. I said uh, if we're lucky, we could probably get to um, 100-plus or so, but right now we're just kind of... Um, we're just kind of dotting our eyes, crossing our T's, and hoping... Just seeing where we can get because I'm more concerned about the quality of the micro games a million times over than I am about how many we have. 
because I could have easily in the time we had made uh, had everybody make 40 kind of mediocre games that don't fit, fit in well together and don't have much replayability. Right. But instead, I decided we should take what we have and actually make it work really well, which is why uh, I think one of my, I think one of my most irreplaceable roles on this uh, project is basically kind of a one man QA team because they do have a specific vision for this, where even if somebody completes an entire micro game and does everything pretty well, there's usually stuff I have to go through and tweak and adjust and just sort of fine tune so it actually fits in with the bigger picture here. And it usually ends up looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. We've had a very positive reception over when people play it, they have a lot of fun. So I think we're doing it right. So I'm just, again, I'm just focusing on the quality right now and seeing where that drives us. Sounds like a pl sounds like a good plan, a good way to to do that. Is it? Um, so you mentioned QA earlier, and that kind of perked my ears up a little bit. Uh, it's um, is there? Do you have generally one person that this kind of goes through, or sort of a, a a trusted group of people? You'd say like, well, if if they give it a pass, then it's probably it's probably decent, or you know, that, however you do that, I guess. Pretty much, if we're talking absolute, like, absolute decider people, it's pretty much just me. But depending on the, depending on how much I trust the person or how much is it, like, or how much they know about a situation or what's going on, I trust varying people with different degrees of trust. Sure. We play it very organically. Like, I might have, you know, if I'm making a game with um, someone who's good at artsy stuff and they like it, then I'm like, okay, if they're... If they're if they have a good vision for this stuff and it's an artsy game and it's probably good if they say it's good and if I like it then I'll just go buy it. So at the end of the day I do have to like it but I listen to I sort of try to approve it with different people depending on what the strong points of the micro game is. Sure. We had Tom in chat ask are there any Danmaku mini games and uh, I think Barley who sounds like they're one of the folks that help out with this uh, said that you haven't yet because it'd be kind of silly. It, it would It would kind of be, uh, oh, Barley's here. Yeah, yeah, he's our, um, he's one of our main programmers. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, very cool. So, hopeful. How many game? Yeah, he, like, actually, he actually made the uh, tutorial for us for people to uh, help program the game. So, shout outs to him. Yeah, so, when I when I first started or when I tried this out, because interestingly, uh, Reddit Taisai was going on when we were out of the country and doing other things. Um, Nano clued me in and said, yeah, uh, Need to Rink released, and it ended up being one of the more popular things released during Redditai Sai, so that's that's really cool. Um, but when I got back, I tried it out, and I wasn't really familiar with the concept of a WarioWare game. I'd never played any of those, and and I it, it felt very foreign to me, uh, but at the same time, I can kind of appreciate the like sort of the element that y you go into it, you know it's going to be relatively simple, and you just, it's very impromptu unless you play it multiple times and you kind of think, well, I've seen this before, but like, sure, the, the demo came out with 20. If you're going to roughly 100, sort of in that ballpark, uh, it's still a lot of variety and a lot of things to uh, to, to remember if you're going to try to, to go for the high score or whatever, uh, I guess, the goal would be in a, in a game like this. Which I guess yeah, brings I me to I... the other question is, is there a particular goal or what's sort of the progression in this? Um, well, in the original Warrior games themselves, they're basically um, 
several stages you have to go through. In our in our demo game, we only have one stage with an eatery dancing cucumbers thing. <laughs> but in a WarioWare game, you have all sorts of different characters, and they each have something around like 15 to 20 micro games each. And you have to play a few of them and then play a boss and then you beat in that stage and you move on to the next one. And I think a lot of where we took a lot of where the demo took a hit uh, progression wise is that we only had to work with what games we could scrap together. And we couldn't like uh, we couldn't take out of 100 games, take the 10 easiest ones and put them on the uh, on the first level or whatever. We had to just go with whatever difficulties we had and kind of try to fine tune them. So the easy ones come first. But since we're using most of them anyway, sometimes it is harder for people who don't play the WarioWare games already. Mm-hmm. But we do try our best for accessibility in general and especially people outside of the Toho fandom. Like if somebody's not totally well versed in the Toho lore, like we're not going to have a care. We're not going to have a question that's like a micro game that's like select patchily from this list of characters. We can't do stuff like that. But we can use Toho, we can use Toho characters to forward the uh, the story and the jokes. Like um, you know, have Cherno blowing on a frog to freeze it. That's fine because like you're already you already have a target established there and an action. It just so helps a bit if you're a Toho fan. So like, essentially, you're just giving us the memes. Well, we actually don't want to use too many dumb memes. Well. We're okay with memes. There are just a few principles to it. Like, for one thing, is this meme going to be really stupid in, like, a month after you look back at it? The other thing, does this actually function as a game by itself, even, like, without the meme, if somebody doesn't understand the meme? Or even if you do understand the meme, is it just a dumb game for the sake of a meme, in which case we don't really do it? Sure. It's funny, actually, we should mention that one of our memeier games, we actually had a parody <laughs> of... Uh, the B Cub Chen comics where he honks the horn of people, or she honks the horn of people. I don't know why Chen is a he now. <laughs> and uh, we recently, in, in September, we had a decent, uh, really decent, actually, popularity burst in Japan over the Japanese uh, Dojin That's cool. Network or whatever. That's actually. And really uh, B Cub actually played the game itself and made a little comic about it. Nice. <laughs> nice. So we made this little B Cub parody. Didn't think B Cub would show up and play it. Oh, that's that's always cool when that happens. Yo, man, that must that must have been like that. You must have been sitting there at your computer going. Ah! <laughs> it was actually actually it was actually I should finish describing it. It was actually really touching because in the comic they made, it was Chen talking to Ran in the usual comic style, but it was clearly like a self insert type comic where Chen was saying stuff. Chen wasn't saying anything because she's just the happy little idiot in the comic. But Ran was saying, Chen, are you saying that you had a dream where you were trying to make a WarioWare-like game? So, like, this is clearly B-Cub saying that back years ago, they tried to gather meme artists to make a WarioWare-esque game, and it didn't really work. It fell apart. And now that he sees someone else doing it overseas, it actually, like, emotionally moved him. And I thought that was really nice. Oh Yeah. yeah. Aww. <laughs> Very nice. It's cold here, and that warmed my heart. We, we it know. snowed today. It did. It's nice. It's How much snow? It is so nice to get snow here in Louisville, Kentucky, even though it was probably a dusting. Where's Letty? We need snow. Please. You, you know, guys, today is like Cherno Day, take two, because it is December 9th. Oh, wow, it is. And oh, wow. Okay, yeah, this makes cold. sense. This makes sense. I don't, All I right, don't, let's get back on top. I don't let's like the cold. Over. And we can get back to some music here because uh, I think we should uh, yeah. catch a breath. And uh, we'll talk about some other stuff related to uh, some new Toho game related stuff. So um, that's very descriptive. But anyway, uh, this is a song 
Um, what is this? I figured out a collage from Tim Vegas, and this has been Security of Life number 63. <laughs>
Listening to Gensoki Radio, live number 63 tonight. And it is that time of night. Uh, we started like 10 minutes late, but I'm going to do this anyway because it's on the hour. So, right now, we've got folks from Australia, Canada, Chile, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hong Kong, Hungary, Indonesia, Japan. South Korea, Malaysia, Norway, Poland, Russia, Slovakia, South Africa, Spain, the United Kingdom, and the United States. And if you have an account on the website and are currently listening, uh, your name will be here, including Bryn. Oh, man, 
man. These names are always difficult. Okay. Bryn. Gabo Flandre, Rastaja, Kagechi, Tom, W5546778TWE3. Okay, I'm, yeah, I don't even. Uh, 2D20, Porous Pot, that's a new one. Lord Jeeb, Barley, Chris1, Elite Asian, Kagero Days, Llama, that's with two ones. Meme Slayer, welcome back. Mr. Sketchyachi, and DMJ654 is listening. Hey. Yep. I got shouted out on the radio, guys. Wow. You know, made it big now. That's awesome. Hey, you know who else gets shoutouts? These people also get shoutouts. Um, some folks who are helping make dreams come true and supporting the uh, folks behind the station are Zero Nick, Wanamingo, General Coolman, Kagiro Days, again, Fanzy, Mr. Sketchyachi, again, uh, Arani, and Kisone Kinoma. They are making your dreams more than just memes. Yes. We're making dreams come true through the power of memes or something. I don't know. Memes are way too prevalent on this. We are legitimately powered by memes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we are. You just take a meme, donate it to us, we run it through the generator, and then that just keeps the servers running. That would be... That'd be interesting. Instead that of solar power. That would be perpetual energy. But the hamsters. No, <laughs> we don't talk about the hamsters. I have a hamster bee. Let me go find it. Now, nor normally we talk about uh, you know ways that you can ways that you can support. Why are these names being read out? But what's interesting is um, recently Patreon decided to change their uh, payment model for how payments are processed, and it's supposed to benefit creators, which it does on the surface as far as we can tell but the downside to this is that uh, for people who are pledging lower numbers which are actually make up something like half of all pledges on patreon or somewhere between one and ten dollars per whatever that's per month or per post or whatever the creator is making in particular uh, the supporter is the one who's left with the payment processing charges which is a flat fee of 30 cents uh, or actually 35 cents plus 2.9% of whatever the pledge is. So if you are, for example, pledging a dollar, um, you are actually paying like a dollar 38 or something. Yeah. It's something like that. Like you never, you're not, you're no longer playing the flat rate on the, uh, on the pledge itself. You're playing, yeah. you're, you're now paying like an additional fees on top of it. Yeah. And so the things yeah, and a lot of people, like, you know, as as a creator, because if you don't know, Gensoki Radio is a project of Lunar Spotlight Media, and Lunar Spotlight Media has a Patreon that you can support. That's why these names are being read. But, yeah, the, kind of the interesting thing is, like, as a creator, I originally saw this and said, well, that's probably fine, because there's a little note in the email that they sent creators saying that we talked to you know, creators and supporters, like, a, a sampling of them supposedly and they said that you know people thought it was fine some people actually thought it was better knowing that they were supporting creators more because like in the old system creators would still pay that fee or something like it it wasn't um you know, like you as a supporter may give a dollar but the creator doesn't get a dollar because it goes through whatever their payment processing is and then of course patreon itself gets a cut because well they're a business yeah. so uh so they're they're kind of switching things around people have tried to do the math on 
you know, does this benefit creators more? Is it just Patreon being greedy? Um, and so, yeah. Um, on the creator side, it's a flat 95% of your pledge goes to the creator. That's 5% goes to Patreon, and then there's this payment processing thing on top of that, which is the 2.9% plus 35 cents. Um, that's actually not too far off from, like, the industry standard. If you go to, like, PayPal or, uh... Uh, what is that? Stripe, I think, is the other uh, another big one out there. Uh, Two point nine percent plus thirty cents is really, really standard. In fact, if you go to our our, our website againsocuradio.net, uh, we have T-shirts up there currently. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later on here. But anytime you buy a shirt, um, you know that whatever that number is, uh, we as i guess the merchant in this case if you want to call us that i don't really think of us as merchants because uh hmm. but anyway they're, they're up there and we are assessed that that fee that 2.9 percent plus 30 cents in the case of paypal so it's it's like it's it's making something that looked simple on the surface just because like it's all lumped together and uh and the uh the creators take care of it but now it's being distributed and a lot of people are kind of upset about it so have, yeah. Any, any, um, anyone else here kind of know or heard anything about that? I know Nana was following it a little bit. I I only heard about it last night when I was listening to one of my other podcasts, and they mentioned it at the end of their show. And it seems like it's a mixed emotion kind of deal, where yeah. it's like some, like, some people see it as you know, yeah, this is okay, totally. But a lot of people are seeing like, well, they kind of blindsided us and didn't ask. And it, uh, from at least from the perspective of uh, the podcast I was listening to, they were talking about, you know, oh, uh, it's not like we did. It's not our fault. Like, apparently people were saying, like, it's people on like the person using Patreon's fault. I don't know how that like works. The, like so, the creator? <laughs> yeah, that's, like they were saying it was the, that's the creator's fault. The like, why? Why are you not? Did it step up? And I'm like. Because well, okay. like, literally they just blindsided there, there everybody. Was, there was one day in between when they sent creators an email about this and then literally the next day, it's 24 hours later, they sent an email to everyone who's currently a supporter on the platform. So there's very, very little time. And by the way, so, this thing goes into effect on the 18th of this month. Yeah. So let me go over what I know. Um, and part of this is conjecture from some conversations that I haven't validated. So... Um, Part of it is the there's the I think it was a 2.9 percent plus 35 cents uh, transaction fee. Yep. Now this is being moved as a per pledge as a per as opposed to per transaction because they're going to do an immediate charge. I think so. The, one of the issues they were trying to combat was people pledging and then you know not actually paying at the next cycle of the month. Uh, yeah. People who would falsely pledge basically see if they can convince the creator to get them something and then you know not actually pay. Uh, technically it's you pay forward but um, people trying to cheat the system basically correct Um, and it kind of it it skews numbers for like what a creator can expect to come in so like you know if you're a bigger creator you know do 5% of your pledges not go through do 10% it's harder to be more consistent with what you can predict you get monthly Um, so part of that was they're doing it per pledge so I think the moment you pledge there will be that's when the charge would go through um because there's some discussions like why is it per pledge not per transaction because right now it's at the end of, at the beginning of each month there is a, a bulk transaction for all your pledges um it seems like they're going to be going on to a per pledge is a is a new transaction 
um, which could help, uh, what's the word, uh, standardize expectations to the creators, which would be make them more consistent. Yeah. However, I mean, I, I that's just part of the discussion I, I was privy to. I don't actually know if that that's the way Patreon was taking it forward. I have to go review that material. But that, that was part of the understanding is that they wanted to kind of cut back or somehow combat that aspect of it, the, the false pledges, and um, off hit some of the money that the creator um, was fronting and put it onto the um, the supporter. And part of, part of it doesn't seem too bad just because like, you know, there are some places, especially in um, uh, some parts of town uh, back when I was from where if you were to pay off a credit card, for example, and the charge was like under $5, they would, they would give you a 35 cent fee to account for like the credit card fee that they have to front for it. So mm-hmm. I can understand part of it. I've actually hit many, I, I know a couple stores that did stuff like that. Like if you didn't pay a certain amount or over a certain amount, like they'd either fee your credit card or they just wouldn't accept credit card transactions under a yeah. certain value. Yeah. I'll, so I can kind of, no, go on. Sorry, continue. Uh, I can understand them wanting to uh, reevaluate how they handle their their processing, but um, as for is it going to be beneficial? Is it going to be detrimental? I it's, I haven't done the math myself to yeah. say. What a lot of people don't realize is like this this transaction fee happens pretty much anytime you use a credit card. Uh, it's just that in most cases, if the merchant is big enough, they'll generally cover the the fee. And so in in the case of Patreon, like since roughly half of the pledges that they get are in between like this one and ten dollar range, they're trying to get out of you know paying more of that, although that kind of seems a little silly in this case because the rest of it goes to like like they still get their cut like their percentage and then the rest of it goes to the creator so it's um i'm not really sure it's kind of interesting it is interesting <laughs> but we'll probably have to wait a decent while to see if it actually would be um beneficial or not which i think is probably i guess is probably a lot of why they're doing it because as someone who sort of managed a project manages the project now mm-hmm. i kind of have moments where i'm like i don't know if the thing i'm about to try is 100 percent going to work i don't know if it's for the good of everybody but if i don't do it i'll never know so maybe they're kind of treating it that way yeah yeah there, obviously there's there's more than one way to look at this but regardless if you are uh if you're here you enjoy the content we we put out uh you, you have to realize like we do a two-hour show every month but it's roughly in the ballpark of 20 man hours to put one of these shows together from, you know, ingesting music, putting together the playlist, talking to people to get on as guests, such as the folks here at Torink. Thank you for being with us. Um, and editing like in post and then posting it on places like Mixcloud and our podcast website, putting that playlist together in the format that Mixcloud accepts. Like all of that takes time and effort. And a lot of that's just not seen. So... We appreciate the people who come forward and, you know, chip in the extra, the dollar or three dollars or whatever. You can take a look at it. I'll post a link for anyone who's interested in our Discord channel. Um, Although I'm sure by now most of you have probably heard about this, but we do appreciate it. And that's about it. So. So. And thank you for having us, honestly. Yes. Yeah. But we're not done yet. We've got another, uh, you know, 50 minutes or whatever to go. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I can be grateful whenever I want. <laughs> so, um, 
Toho games on Steam. Yes, we have another Toho game that appeared on Steam. If you don't know, Toho 15.5, that is the uh, antinomy of common flowers. <laughs> I have no idea if I'm saying that right. Uh, is going to be released on January 5th of next year. And we need more Toho fighters. Now, speaking of new games, uh, does Notorious... I, I, we were kind of talking about this on break and it kind of came up. Don't you? Didn't you say something about this? Yeah, so it turns out that uh, we found out that Zune is actually totally okay with distributing on Steam now. So if anyone's not familiar with Zune's rules on making derivative games in general, one of the big rules is that you can't distribute anything past where the original games go, like, farther reaching than the original games. So Soho wasn't on Steam, Steam reaches farther than, like, selling it locally, so we couldn't do it on Steam. But now he decided he's going to do it on Steam, and we were like, does this mean we can do Steam now? And then after a while, he gradually confirmed it, and now we, like, we pretty much know we can go on Steam. So Need to Rink, we are absolutely trying to catch that wave, and... Hopefully soon we're going to get the demo out on Steam. I can. We haven't formally announced it yet, but I pretty much can at this point. So you guys are the first to hear it, I guess. Get hype. Outside of our Discord server. Yay. Certainly. Get hype. Now, and uh, also, no Steam Greenlight, so you don't even have to go through that process. When did they get rid of that? Yeah. Oh, they got rid of it. They got rid of it. <laughs> that, yeah, it's been gone for a while. I'm now. not it's a game developer, so I don't follow these It's things. dead. They got rid of it because it wasn't working, okay. and they haven't replaced it with something that has worked yet. So what do they? Yeah. What do they do in that case? Then do they just manually review everything, or? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, just like like Google Play Store, basically. It's but kind of a mess right now, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like there, Google Play Store. Anything can make it on the Steam now, huh. with like yeah. no quality control. There's it's a awful. there is a bunch of scammers that put false games on Steam. Lots of fake visual novels and lots of fake um, like achievement. Uh, min-maxing games have like 40,000 achievements so you can up your score. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty messed up. Yeah, so... But, huh. yeah, um, so, Toho Games on Steam. We got a new Toho game. We had the last official release came out, which is pretty good, though. I do want to ask, and I haven't got any confirmation or any word, is it is it going to be harder to translate the Steam version of the game like it has in previous... The previous iteration of Toho games? Haven't they already done it? I thought they have. Well, I the, haven't heard about it yet. The other one that came out um, from C92, that one is out on Steam, and it's only in Japanese. But I don't, I'm not aware of a fan translation for it yet. A anyone can, you know, feel free to correct me. But pretty sure there isn't. Yes, I, I thought I read that. Hidden Star, right? Yes. Yeah, the Hidden Star. I, I thought I read that that it already yeah. translated even on the Steam version. But I could just be mixing up. Kagero, they stop stealing my pictures. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, that, that that's that's as is. That's um apparently it's the same. It's basically the same exact thing that you find on the CD. So uh, yeah, Kagero in chat says there is one. So that's interesting. I gotta look it up because I. Yeah. That's point one for me being right. <laughs> I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to play it, but I. I just. I haven't got. I want to find the translation first so I can enjoy it in English, instead of having to sit there and look at another screen and with like it, all the text written out for me, and I'm gonna so, have to like. So that all of the just be, Japanese puns can go over your head. Oh yeah, totally. I want that. <laughs> you just feel like just wait for the language for a year and a half. I bet you, I bet you, if you drink enough ramen and eat enough Pocky, you could figure out those Japanese puns. Sure, sure. Not at all. 
that, that plus like two years of diligent study. They're still talking about it in the chat. Somebody says, uh, someone says since it uses some esteem stuff, TH patch doesn't work correctly. Hold on, I just got, I just got PM'd, or not PM'd, but yeah, uh, somebody pinged me. Yep, and it's ba basically, it looks like there's maybe a way that there is a translation that exists, but whether whether you can sort of finagle it to work with Steam's version is uh, something we're trying to figure out still. It probably yes, but you probably have to jump through some hoops to do it. So yeah, and it and it sucks because now Toho games are in my Steam folder and not in the unified Toho folder, which just TH Patch just went to and did it all up for me. So now I have to go point to another file folder. That is kind of wacky. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough transition, I guess. And then there's the thing where uh, everyone's coming up to me like, Hey, the Tohu's on Steam now. You love Tohu. Buy it on Steam. I'm like, I already bought it for 10 bucks from Zoom himself. And I, and I also noticed this. So, and I, I found this out right before the show. You cannot review the game unless you play it. So sadly, Zara cannot review the game. Despite having buys a it on Steam copy, yeah. and then plays it on Steam. Yeah, it's great. Yep. It's I mean, okay. that kind of makes sense, though. It, it does, yeah. but I don't really mind, I guess. I, I mean, 99% of Steam games expected it to have game on Steam. Yeah. But hey, now we have Steam, get Toho games on Steam, which is awesome. Yeah, I have a blessed era, game really. handed down from Zoom himself, so I'm fine. Are you going to, are you going to now, like, put this up on the wall, like, this is, this is the CD, this is probably one of the last CDs Zun will ever make? Because I bet you he's making the move to Steam because he's sitting there like, oh, it's, do you guys it's understand always, about- It will- Are all... they relics of the past now? No, no. I don't know. It's all about It will always be. I, I, I understand that, but you also have to take into consideration just, he has how many computers running to write these games like yeah. the night before? Yeah, it has know. like a whole render farm going on. It's fun. That I has win. to be a nightmare. I wouldn't say so, however, because I cannot confirm the popularity of Steam in Japan, especially with the DMM app floating around. Yeah. You you but have like, to realize, like, culturally, it, it seems backwards, but culturally, physical media is still very popular in Japan. In if you go to like the, the right people in the right areas, yeah. uh, there there are still you know many. Uh, album stores like album stops or shops cd stores uh, let's just call them what they are they're dojin shops right um but you have to know where to go and then of course if we're talking about comic cat well everything whether you know if it's a music album or if it's a game it's going to be on a cd maybe a dvd too but it's the point is it's physical media it's still very very widely used which is why being a western dojin dev is hard we're a lot more fragmented. So, so people who are saying West. that, oh, now it's on Steam, we're going to only see digital releases, that's not going to happen for a long time. No. It'll be on, on both, but um, I think it it probably follows the same model that we saw when, when we were in Japan, actually, is what ends up happening is, like, in the case of... Um, the Not this one, but the other one that was released at C92... Uh, it gets released there, and then about two weeks later, stores will get it. So there, there's a, 
there's a kind of a gap in between when it's released and when you can buy it in a store. And I think what ends up happening is sort of the same thing happens with Steam, where Steam is considered a store. It's there's still that sort of that gap. Yeah. I think for the foreseeable future, Comic Cat will probably be like the only place on this planet that you can get something the day it's released. Yeah. So, in, in, in terms of these games anyway, and a lot of the music and all that stuff, so. Yeah. I don't see Japan... I don't see the um, CDs stopping, at least not in Japan. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, physical medium is still very much a thing in Japan. People still pay People still pay for goods and services with cash. Yep. Majority. Ah! PS4 users, maybe not. What? Well, you can't insert cash into the PS4, so I believe you. Technically, you could, but it, it requires dismantling the whole it thing or porking your disc tray. There are, there are. Well, you buy a PS4 with cash. You buy the CD. You buy the games on CDs with cash. Yeah. So, I mean, like for example, GameStop still exists in the U.S. Ask me how I know. My brother works at GameStop. That's not gonna last. <laughs> Does your other brother work at Get him and find him a new job! Ten no. years, he's gonna be out of a job! He's literally, he works at the busiest location in the Midwest. So, he's good for now. <laughs> Pretty soon, it will just be like my small town GameStop there. I'm telling you, GameStop's not gonna last very long. They bought, they have to buy other companies in order to stay alive. You know they own, GameStop owns Cricket Wireless? I didn't know this. GameStop's actually a really big company. Like, believe it or not, it's they're they're huge. Like, look it up. <laughs> I honestly still prefer paying for things in cash. It gives me a better sense of how much I'm spending. I miss Blockbuster, honestly. Like thinking about it, the kind of oh, uh, do you know? Blockbuster. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. It's not completely dead. There's one still alive in Alaska. What? It's a tourist attraction. Yes, yeah, go look it up. What? Yeah, it's a tourist attraction. Go look it up. There is <laughs> one blockbuster video. That's amazing. Still operating in Alaska. Just fly up there and camp out at Kisanese. <laughs> I'm telling you, and they got latest releases too. It's awesome. Do they, they still have still people line, line up outside the store on the day of a release? Yes, just yes, they do. It's ridiculous. Pictures or it doesn't happen. Go look it up. It's still, it's got the original signage and everything. Man. It's like, it's not like, oh, like, you know, My oh, man, well, a Blockbuster went bankrupt. And we just kept the storefront open. No, it is owned by store, like Blockbuster Corporate. It is still Twitter, alive. Apparently. It's yeah, they the still have a Twitter. Yeah, go look it up. It's awesome. Uh, they are still alive, still kind of thriving. It's awesome. Just look it up. It's great. Wow. Our employee of the month uh, system is such a joke. Darren won this month, even though he told a customer to munch his nards. <laughs> All right. So we're heading into the next song here. This is On a Sunny Day. And we are here in Gensokyo Radio Life number 63. It's up the next one.
This is Gensokyo Radio Live number 63, and Zara is asking, what do you do at Gensokyo Radio? What do we do here? Oh, I, that was uh, that was when I get asked what I do at Gensokyo Radio, oh. and the picture was the response. You, uh, you put on massively big headphones and listen to music while looking at giant copies of album covers? Yeah, apparently. Huh. Well, that's, uh, you know, whatever floats your boat, I guess, sir. No, 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 I'm the guy, uh... I'm the guy who walks around in the Santa suit throwing out albums, throwing up albums in the air, going, Padore, Padore. <laughs> and Lunar has to pick them up and put them back in the library. Come over here and buy our stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, did we tell that story? What? Sitting at, uh, well, you know, this is. This is supposed to be a recap show. Like the 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 pun recappa is supposed to be recap. So let's let's talk about some things that happened earlier this year a little bit. Uh, oh. Comic Head being one of them. If you didn't know, uh, Gensokyo Radio was helping out the Circle Komiji Records at Comic Head earlier this year, C92, and uh, Zara and I and Nano and some other folks were there as well. So uh, for a while, Zara helped man the table that uh, they had. So you have a story, I think. Yeah, um, I technically wasn't. I technically wasn't part of the crew, but um, it was um, Koichi and Koichi's friend Justin. Yep. Apparently, uh, when I got back, I, I, I got got in line, bought the stuff, and then I came back to you guys, and then basically relieved you. Uh, Lunar went out to go get some stuff as well. So I sat, then I sat on the table, on down on the table next to Justin, who, according to Justin, they had been doing kind of eh, meh-ish. At the time, yes. Like, like the first, I'd say like the first, well, the first hour, we didn't sell anything. And the reason for that is, the, the rule at Comic Head is, you go in knowing what you're going to do. Like, you have a list. A yes, lot of people have definitely. a list. And... You prioritize what they call wall circles. It's the bigger circles that you know. Literally, a lot of what we play: Elstromeria, A1, uh, Yuhei Satellite, uh, Felt, tons, and you know, like they're all wall circles. And the reason being that they literally need more space to direct the lines because people go to them first, and then yeah. and then they'll walk through, check out the smaller circles. That's why, like. It's, it's pretty normal for a small, unknown circle, literally their first time being at Comic Cat, Komiji Records, um, not really seeing any activity until later in the day. So that's the yeah, reason. My biggest, uh, my, my biggest surprise was um, headed heading over to Alstrom area and then them not really having a line. Uh, that may have been partly due to the fact that I was one of the first thousand people in the menu. I scored really high. Mm-hmm. But even being the first thousand people in the menu, I was probably the thousandth person in line for the new two. <laughs> um, that being said, the circles in the middle of the floor, who just have like half a table, are much, tend to be much smaller. And if they sell anything within the first hour, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good deal. Because um, everyone has their list, everyone, including me, just has a list of people they will beeline straight for first. So, of course, um, there was also a story there where I walked over to one of the smaller tables of a guy who, a composer I knew, I personally knew made good music, but he had just broken off from a publisher and was starting his own circle, kind of indie-ish, didn't really have a lot of exposure, Mm -hmm. but I knew who he was, so I walked right up to his table and said, hi, 
And well, in Japanese, obviously, I said, Hi, I want this. I know who you are. And he's like, Whoa! <laughs> he's like all shocked. It was great. That's, but, all, hey, that's always cool. And that, that happened like a couple times at, at Comic Cat. Believe it or not, people had heard of, of Kameji Records in some way. Yeah, and uh, the story I'm about to tell about the um, Kameji Records booth kind of fits into that, where I sat down next to Justin and started, I just kind of chatted with him, got the lay of the land, and then um, within five minutes, someone came up to us and bought a CD. Like, oh, okay, I, I guess you just need someone who looks Asian enough, right? Hmm. But um, after we started getting bored, uh, we started to just kind of like hum pretentious songs to each other like uh please come buy our stuff hi come spend our money spend spend your money give us money buy our things and then immediately someone comes up someone comes up who knows the circle and bought one of everything yeah i and i i was about 10 feet behind the person who ended up going to the table and buying everything so i could hear their song before <laughs> and as i watched it play out and i was like that actually worked didn't it keep doing that <laughs> That was good. That was good. Mm. Uh, before that, though, DMJ, you and I, as we've done several past years, went to Enemy Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was how was this past year? Remember that time when we invited Zara onto the staff team, and then you guys went to go grab something from the room, and then things happened, and then people would approach you asking the question, were you the guys who got stuck in the elevator? <sighs> that was that was an experience, to say the least. I do have to say, that was probably a lot of fun. I was so glad to actually get a chance to do all of that stuff. Um, but I think the highlight is Zara, oh, in, in my opinion. And bringing him onto the team and I mean, like, I think that's like the bigger recap because he he actually helped us a lot during 2017 mm -hmm. to get uh, us through a lot. That's true. Uh, so that's kind of like something we, we kind of need. He needs recognition for what he's done. So why don't everybody clap, clap, clap in chat? I don't know how this works. No, for Anime Boston, it was a little more logistically uh, challenging because like in 2016 we tried doing something where we sent some stuff to our hotel that we were staying at uh, in order to just have it there because we were doing a panel that year um, and that worked out fine but then it was a challenge to like figure out how to send it back because because um, the last day of the convention was on a Sunday and the place where you could ship stuff wasn't open on Sunday. So we had to ask one of the locals to help us out. This year, though, uh, we invited Zara on and I actually asked him to uh, help out a little bit with, uh, with a logistics-related problem. We had a brand new banner that we were going to put up in front of our table because um, if you don't know this, every year for like the past, what, four years or something... Uh, we've had a space in the arcade, and there, there's a 
Boston group that brings in a whole bunch of computers and just sets up all of the Toho games on them so anyone can walk into the arcade, sit down at a chair, and start playing one of the games. It's a really good way for people who uh, are either, you know, fans of the series and want to play the games, or especially for people who have no idea what the series is and can try it out for free. So oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So we uh, actually, the, I, I guess I should interrupt at some point because we're actually going to Anime Boston for Nitsurin to showcase. Uh, hey! We're going to be guests in a panel there. Awesome. We'll see you there. Yeah. Guests in a panel, you say. Um, did you talk to anyone in particular? Because I might know them. We did. I forgot their name. It was one of our other members. Because. second. I could dig it up. The, uh, anyway, so. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll continue on here. So. It, the, the first year we went, we ended up gravitating towards that part of the arcade. We, we met a lot of new people because we were basically new there and didn't really know anyone in the area. But it ended up being really fun. At the time, they had six computers. Uh, these days, it's like 16 or something. So their setup has grown incredibly, and we help them out with, with the setup and stuff. But Henry adopts a new PC every yeah, the name is The name is Kilga. Yes, Kilgamon. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, uh, so we contacted them. They said they'd like to have us in thing because we asked if we could be. Yeah, he, we talked to him the first year we went, and uh, he was he actually gave us 15 minutes on their two-hour panel. And that was our oh, first nice. panel that Gensoki Radio had ever done. So he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah, he sounds great. Um, so yeah, they kind of in exchange for like helping out we set up our table we play music it adds atmosphere it attracts people to the setup and it's just an all-around good time so and i used to i used to walk around the uh computers being watching the games and being like hey what anime is that from hard to do that now that uh part of the thing <laughs> what anime is that as you're dressed as alice margatride a little bit harder just mm -hmm. a little bit I gotta wait for her to fall out back into obscurity first. Ooh. So anyway, yeah, that that happened, and I did a whole bunch of nothing until um, our our trip to Japan. Uh, a few of us basically lived in Japan for a month, um, mostly August. Uh, Zara and I were there for the full month. Nana was there for a little less than two weeks, and and you you guys had a pretty good pretty good time over there. Yeah, uh, overall, overall, it was a good time. It was not without its challenges, but it was very cool being in a in a place that was very culturally different. Yes, I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine being being in another foreign country for longer than a week. Because that, 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 I think I would be like after a week, I would be sitting there like. You know what would be sounds so good right now? I'm just gonna get some steak and shake. Ah, uh, jokes yeah, on you. Two-week trip, a two-week trip in Europe, and it was. Coming. I'm pretty sure they have. If I recall, they have some pretty good steak. Well, yes, like they're most places you go, like if they sell meat, it's usually pretty amazing. Um, the, um, even even the... like even if you go to. I think but like the, I want low quality taco. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. The um, <laughs> the palate is a little more limited, but what's there is always top notch. Yes, definitely. It's it's you. You should go sometime, DMJ. <laughs> yeah, you should come with me next time. 
Yeah. Uh, when I when I when when I'm not being you know having to build trucks twenty four seven. Oh, when those trucks are not being recalled back into your factory. Oh, don't remind me. Mm -hmm. I, we're going through those problems again. Yeah, every time I see Ford recalls new trucks on the news, I'm like, oh, DMJ. Oh, no, 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 no. See, now this one is we just can't sell a truck. Nice. So now we got to go fix that issue. Great. Like the government told us we can't sell this truck unless we fix it. Great. Yay. Man. Yeah, DMJ, probably the, the biggest burnout of um, living in a foreign country is waking up one day thinking hmm i'd really love some chipotle right now and oh wait they don't have it here see i couldn't even imagine waking up in another country because every day would be a dream state waking up i'd be like wait why what is going on i can't understand what's going on there's not a mcdonald's cheeseburger within five feet of me Okay, wait, no, wait, no, that's that not, that might be that, that might be true. different in Japan. That might be a yeah, still reality. Uh, that, that, you can't say that anymore now. Yeah, you go into any major area of Tokyo and you'll you'll find a McDonald's somewhere. Isn't there like McDonald's in the subway? I'm not um, sure about Asia that. is very much East Asia is very much into like underground subway parks, so it's not that surprising to see. Cause I, I, I know like there might be some in New York, but not many. It's basically that um, subway stations also double as giant underground malls and, in a pinch, bomb shelters. So wouldn't the logical thing to do would be put a subway in the subway? Yeah. I don't think there were any um, subways in the subway. Um, I, don't, I, mean, like the I don't know if I even came across a subway at all. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know how that worked. Okay. But yeah, they um, yeah, you got you guys you guys did a show from there too, which was really interesting. Uh huh. Yep. I that was one of our most unique setups that we've done in a really long time. It was wasn't it just like one microphone? It was a blue yeti that I brought with from the U.S. and I brought it back, and despite it looking like a giant metal tube. Uh, that, the, whatever bag that was in was never open, so apparently they know what a Blue Yeti looks like in the security section. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Um, that was actually easier than I thought it was going to be for that reason. Like, I even put a little post-it, like, this is a microphone, these are audio cable, like, d detailing what was in the bag that it was in. Uh... I was prepared, but no, I like everything was was fine. We ended up doing the show using a laptop, a Blue Yeti, and um, I had like a headphone splitter so that anyone who wanted to can plug in their pair of headphones and listen in. Um, I've got I've got a 360 video up on YouTube actually. That would be yeah, I, I, cool if it's someone pretty, it's pretty neat. Yeah, someone can uh, can link that up if they want, but. He you got. You also took like some pretty neat pictures while you were there too. That you ended up putting on the site, kind of. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I still have some pictures. I mean, they do this folder. I, I'm not. I forget what the exact count was, but I want to say, it was. I mean, it was a lot of data that requires a lot of space. I want to say it's somewhere between 300 to 500 gigabytes of data including video and photos of the Japan trip. It's and a how much of that was a 360 video? I'm just wondering. Um, not much, because I didn't take too many 360 videos. I took one, like, the first night we were out, we went to 
a, a Moss Burger, and I ended up showing Nelson, who was there with us, the the camera and just kind of set it up on a little tripod thing. He's like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, oh, it's a camera. It's taking a 360, like, bubble video. And he's like, is it recording? I'm like, yep. <laughs> Say hello. <laughs> That's what he called it. Yep. I don't think that well, one's on the on the internet, but yeah. I, but I what about but what about like the video of the 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 show that you did? How many gigs was just that video? Because well, I'm wondering. I'm that, just wondering. That wasn't that wasn't the entire show because unfortunately, if you have um, the the 360 uh, the 360 camera that I have has a problem where if there's not good enough air circulation, it tends to overheat. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had like uh, they brought in a fan mostly because we were in the smoking section for some reason. But um, they brought in a fan and we were pumping the fan at the uh, like the camera the entire time. Well, I just happened to be sitting in the line. It wasn't really something we did. But in the apartment where the only real air circulation was the AC unit in the the room next uh, next door, uh, yeah, it didn't really do much. So. That's just a yeah. thing, though. Um, yeah, so it, whatever. It, it is what it is. We we do have, I think, a couple different videos. Uh, w one of the videos is literally, I think, Nano flipping the mattress over on Koishi because they slept through the entire show. <laughs> so go watch that if you want to see uh, Nano being mean to the koi fish, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, so in the in the last break, we were talking a little bit about a uh, programming something or other. I can't actually recall the name. I'm going to need some help from uh, from, from G-Man over here. Oh, you're, okay, uh, I'll take over here then because I'm hosting this. Yes, you're, you're hosting this. So, so what have you got going on? This is happening uh, the first week of January, and uh, I guess you can speak a little bit more to this. Yeah, unfortunately, it's right over MAGFest, and I'm sorry for people who want to go there. Uh, we'll probably have another one soon. But anyway, we are, uh, this is unrelated to any I'm doing, side event, I guess. We're actually hosting a game jam to make uh, Toho fan games. And assuming you don't know what a game jam is, it's basically like, you get three days to make a game from scratch, and you base it off a theme. And you can work with a team if you want to, or you can just work by yourself. The point is you have to make the entire game in three days. So you end up with a lot of small games, but everyone has a lot of fun, too. And it's a great way if you want to see what getting into game dev is like, but don't want to spend three months on a game. You get to spend three days on it and see if you hate it better. Usually, though, people have a lot of fun. And uh, it is from January the 4th to the 7th, that weekend, Thursday to Sunday, I think. And it's an online event. I'm going to post, um, I'm going to post some links to it in the general chat here. We have a page on HEO and a server, and we have a Twitter too. You can look up the Toho fan. You can look up Toho Fan Game Jam, and you'll probably find it pretty easily. Cool. Uh, we have lots of people. We have lots of cool devs signed up for it so far already. So if you want to make something to compete with them, you know, feel free. You'll probably who knows? Maybe you'll have the best game ever. Best game ever. Hmm. What would that consist of? It's uh, yeah, yeah at least much five memes. much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if the memes a aren't meme going game. into Nitor Inc. as much, then we can certainly put them here, right? So, yeah, brainstorming will be required, and uh, if we want to get into this, I suggest we talk about it off off uh, the air. 
Yeah. So. We don't we don't wanna dig ourselves. Original into the all. idea, do not steal. Original idea, do not steal. So But that is cool. If you're interested in that, links are in general. Otherwise, if you're listening, um it's probably passed anyway, but the link was do uh, itch.io slash jam slash toho dash jam. Come on and slam and it's time for Toho Jam. Um You're please right. somebody <laughs> art somebody art like you know oh what's his name? Uh, like Charles Barkley oh. jamming like <laughs> slamming slamming like Hina's head or something. Like th- th- make this real. Be nicer to Hina. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when she's singing. Zune, Charles, Bar- no, what? How did you get? Those are very, two very different things. I'm going to. I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> oh man. Make it up for a game, and then submit a game to the game champ. See if your Charles Barkley Toho game. Oh, uh, what? What was that? What was that game? Charles Barkley, shut up a jam, Gaiden. Somebody needs to do that. What with Toho? Well, the the offers on the table. January fourth to seventh. Make whatever stupid game you want. <laughs> so so I know we're going to talk about this seriously off the air, but as for, like, spoofy ideas, Mr. Sketchy actually just linked something from Life Number 52. Uh, just imagine a setting where, like, like, the game setting is you have to go to a tanning salon called Lunar Spotlight, and then, I don't know, like, maybe tan, maybe you meet, like, Tan Cherno there, and she's like, yeah, this is great, I go here every... I don't know how often people tangent normally, but... And then you have to do, like, a mini-game. I I don't know. Why this is no is one else saying... Sick. This is a really... This is the most shameless self-promotion. We, we, this is very shameless, people. What do you mean self-promotion? I'm not the one who came up with that. Someone else named the tanning salon Lunar Spotlight. This was from... This was from one of the Jackbox games. It was Yo, a silly right answer. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Self-promotion. Uh, what are you talking about? How about like, yeah, that one. Thanks. Oh yep. my gosh, that's it's gonna be clip art in the actual game. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're we're running a little low on steam here, but I I think there's something important we kind of need to talk to yeah, talk what's about. That? What's that? Um, there might be. We don't get political on this podcast at all. Now back up. Like, the internet should not be political at all. I think that's the I, point. I know, and that's, that, it's very hard, but we, it, it's very hard to, it's a very big topic, but net neutrality. Mm. I'm sorry. To continue this debate, spend $60 for the Discord package and Comcast. Yeah, to continue this debate, $60, will, you get the rest of it. But, I'm saying, what I'm saying here is that, you know, I believe, personally, the internet should be free and open because information and knowledge is free and open. It shouldn't be locked behind a paywall. And I legitimately believe that if net neutrality is repealed, we are going to lose that functionality. And we're going to give the big dogs uh, the ability to essentially put our internet behind paywalls yeah they're which they're, they're gonna put profits first basically yes and this is and this is something like this goes beyond like right now people are mad about loot boxes and progression being hidden behind paywalls just imagine that now 
just trying to get on the internet. He's like okay? that. It is legitimately <laughs> like that. And I personally believe that we need to be so vocal we can drown out the politicians because at this point, they already said, like, net neutrality is going to be gone. Like, they're already saying, but if we're vocal enough and loud enough, we can actually probably make a difference. And, I mean, here in Louisville, there's a, there was a, sadly, I couldn't make it, but there was a net neutrality protest, like, in downtown. And if I didn't have to work, I would have been there. Yeah, so... Well, I believe in you to be low, uh, loud, if anyone. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like... No, like, just get a link. Go to... Uh, what's, the, what's the site? Battle, like, my laptop just died. Battleforthenet.com. Battleforthenet.com. Get in, like, get in, like, contact with your congressman, with your representatives. Let your voice be heard. And... If, if at all, make it out to these protests and let people know, you know, the internet is open. It should never be closed off by these companies. It is, it is literally, I don't like to say this, but it's like they're trying to censor what we, what we do. Cause they're going to go off everything you do. You normally do. It's going to be YouTube one day, stream Netflix the next. They're going to charge you for streaming video. So let's charge you let's, for social media. So to put this into context, like some people have put together little kind of mock-ups of what it might look like as an internet consumer if net neutrality goes away. Uh, what would end up happening potentially? Not like I mean, companies or telecom providers like Verizon have gone out to say that, oh, we wouldn't do this. But the fact is, like, someone eventually would, and then in order to keep competitive whatever like speculation aside it's kind of like if you had your isp say would you like to buy into the media package the media package includes access to websites such as youtube hulu twitch uh, think of it think of it like your cable package they're going to charge you the internet like it's the cable packages and people are already cutting the cord on cable how about actually I like to think of it as like a phone. Like, imagine you could use your phone to call people, but you have to pay more to call somebody like that's your friend as opposed to somebody who's your family you to pay an extra fee to call somebody else instead of just calling whoever. Ex- exactly, yeah. and this is, and they're and they're gonna sell it to everybody as if it's going to be favorable. I mean, I saw the report today that they're saying net neutrality hurts the disabled and blind and all this junk, and really none of this matters. What they need to understand is that these companies are looking at people like their wallets. And it's their pocketbook that they're just looking after, and they're really not looking after humanity as a whole. Hold on, guys. I've just received word that we haven't opted into the social package, which will give you access to things like Facebook, Twitter, and maybe even Discord. Exactly. So this is like something very like, like, I know it sounds like a very US problem, but it this does have global ramifications. I mean, it is a global problem. The big example right now is that um, some countries do not have net neutrality rules enforced. And New Zealand is one of them that I know of. Those countries have carved the internet exactly like the packages we're talking about. Spain is a prime example. Yeah. So we need to like step up and be like. I know before, you know, net neutrality, you know, it's something that you really need, like, 
either you people a lot of people were too young young to participate i know when sopa beepa popped up i was in uh my sophomore year of uh, high school and i was like what does my voice have but really everybody like right now this is the closest these companies have been to actually pushing forward the uh the the this legislation to end net neutrality and they set it up so that they could i mean it's not like you know it's not like they did, they were just like oh we're, we're gonna try this and they got traction no they they got the people in the fcc to do this for them they now have set this up they're looking at the internet more like a business and not like a resource and that is where things are gonna start getting that's where things start getting you know debatable you know and i believe personally that the internet is a resource that people go to and actually you know gather you know imagine a college student trying to get your research done and you have to pay extra to get access to that on top of your tuition on top of all that a lot of stuff you know you know on the internet that we do nowadays a lot of stuff is tied into the internet a lot of it imagine being a small business and now you have to start paying uh paying a service fee in order to get to your square okay to get uh, to use square services and process uh credit cards over the internet that's going to be astronomical you won't it, it locks out a lot of people from this whole from the internet ecosystem and will completely change how the internet works it would be for the people higher up who could pay these packages to get what they want versus you know people below and this is this is like something that's completely and utterly trash it shouldn't happen the internet should be completely open ah it gets me so ah well well said mr sketchy etchy Uh, mentioned that the funny thing is the FCC has a website where you can put your opinion on things uh, and a majority of people on there are saying hey I want net neutrality um, earlier I think it was earlier this this past week here there were at least 28 uh, US senators that had signed a letter and sent it to the FCC to try to postpone the vote date citing that hey there's a lot of comments here saying that they want net neutrality maybe we should like take a little bit more time to look into this and i think somewhere in the process well actually um first an expert from the letter uh, a free and open internet is vital to ensuring a level playing field online and we believe that your proposed action to the fcc may be based on an incomplete understanding of the public record in this proceeding in fact there is good reason to believe that the record may be replete with fake or fraudulent comments suggesting that your proposal is fundamentally flawed and i think part of that what they're referencing is that Someone had looked into like the authenticity of the comments, and um, it was it was something like, well, people are sending in multiple comments or or duplicate IPs, like people saying the same thing. Like they were kind of questioning the legitimacy of the comments. Like how how much do people actually want net neutrality? They were kind of questioning their own system of people providing sort of this inquiry of their opinions to the FCC, so that was a thing. In the end, um, they ended up not extending the vote date, so as far as I'm aware, unless they've decided to move it back, it's still on December 14th, which is this next week here, so. This... (sighs) And we will be around to tell you more about, uh, what happens in the next show if if we can get to you at that point? 
Yes, please. Go contact battleforthenet.com. We have to save our internet. We we need to. I can't. I, I got to stop talking or else we're going to spend another hour. Yeah. yeah, I think my closing note is going to be that um, this feels like a this feels like a business decision with political consequence. Yes, that's yeah. the word. Where the, the decision is inherently being made by people who are looking on the business side of things. People who are just looking as looking at the internet as a way to they're looking at this decision as a way to gain more money for less work but the consequences of the decision being made can be very political because the internet has become such a massive information source that if if the companies are allowed to control the flow of information they can control everything you see and that's a scary thought just out yeah so let's uh, try to hang on to, to what we have. If you care about it, like DMJ said, battleforthenet.com. I'm, I'm sorry, but not sorry that we've talked about this for as much as we have on this show, but it is a really important issue. It's important, yeah. So It affects, it affects us. And I, I just remembered this from the previous podcast. They could control your access to us. Yep. Like they could put us behind a paywall. They can control your access to Japan. Yeah, yeah. Well, well here, here's the kicker. Um, for example, hope to goodness this never happens. But if we're behind a paywall, we don't see a cent of that. Are you kidding? That all goes to whoever's providing the access, which in that case yeah. would be the ISP. If you have to pay an extra twenty dollars for the anime package, we don't get a cent of that. Nope. Yeah. And, it, and then it ties back into Patreon too. Yep. Yep. Which would be even worse. Yeah. So with that said, um, yeah, go, go do what you have to do to try to keep this thing alive. And I guess on a closing note, if you like what we do, uh, we do have our account over there at patreon.com slash Lunar Media, because we like, we like doing what we do. And, um, if this thing goes through, then, well, heck, maybe, maybe we'll have to turn that support into, like, people paying for a package to listen to us. I hope it never happens. Hey, you know... That'd be kind of interesting, though. Like, what would happen if we kept streaming, but then, say, like, for example, TuneIn uh, became part of the music streaming package or something, and we were still on TuneIn? Like, this whole thing is messed up, and I, like, we shouldn't have to think about this what-if scenario. How yeah, people would arbitrary. How people would reach out to us and stuff. Very strange. And a Toho package wouldn't exist. It's just, it's too unknown. So. That's why it wouldn't make enough money selling it. It would just be bundled in the general anime package. Rip needs a ring package. Yeah. Anyway, we, yeah. We're going to end this discussion, and we're also coming to a close on the show here. So I just want to say thank you to uh, the folks at Nutor Inc. for joining us during this show and, and telling us a little bit more about the game and kind of where it's going and what we can expect to see in the future. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Also, if you want to find us, you can just look up Nitor Inc. N-I-T-O-I-N-C on Google or like anywhere. You'll find one of our social media pages. I'll also post in general chat just because that'll be the end of me. Excellent. So that's all I got. Very nice. And I know a lot of people joined our discord from probably yours so hello to all of you out there and thanks for joining us uh stick around because well our channel is always active for anyone else out there 
Link is on our website, again, stoicradio.net, or you can go to discord.gg slash gr. That's what Zara was talking about earlier. Um, but why But why do that when you can go check out... You can look at Lunar's fancy new site. I, <laughs> see, if ever there was tooting my own horn, self-promotion, that would be it. Not the... Lunar's uh, new site, stokyoradio.net. Not the Lunar Spotlight tanning salon. That was not my idea. Lunar's new site, Gensokyoradio.net. Uh, you may need the music package to continue. Yep. Make sure that it doesn't happen. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. I am Lunar here for DMJ, Nano, Puzzle, Zara, and our guests, Geminator and Mir. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.